You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Good evening, Ali. How are you tonight? Good evening, Kev. Now I'm doing really well, thank you. We're getting our way into the season. Week four is in the books. And uh, yeah, there's been some really exciting action, some surprises. And there's certainly some guys that we want to talk about tonight. So I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, very, very decent. Um, Fantasy-wise, pretty good week. It could have been a lot better. I had a few close losses where I was... Uh, high scoring team to lose and stuff like that oh, so wow. um it could have been a lot better but still really positive above 50 percent on the year uh, so i'm just uh, really keen to see how it goes and uh, i think you should have a clear indication of where teams are at now so it's uh, it's the exciting part of the season for me to sort of see the journeys ahead um obviously i'm excited another guy that's excited but he's not with us tonight actually is our co-host matt um he's that excited he had such an amazing weekend um he got through in the ffcc uh the giants miraculously won a game um <laughs> ken Golday played pretty well and also michael Carter scored a touchdown so um matt's currently still out partying he's been doing that since sunday so uh, apologies <laughs> he's not with us tonight but yeah he's good to miss it he said he was going to give us a <laughs> little video clip or something but yeah, we politely declined that one. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that he's in a he's in a bit of an alcohol coma after all the events of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he, he's partial to the sesh. Um, so yeah, on today's show we'll be recapping week four of the NFL season, where we'll be highlighting some of the key players, the talking points from this week's action, and analysing it from a dynasty perspective. So we'll jump right in with your first guy, Ali. I know that a couple of our listeners will be keen to hear this one and. I'd probably have to put the tops back on after you've finished. Yeah, how can we not? I've been dying to talk about this guy all season. <laughs> so <laughs> he finally saw some proper action at the weekend. It's it's Trey Lance, obviously, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And for me, Sunday was the most exciting day of the season so far. In fact, I hadn't been that excited since the day my girlfriend texted me saying that her parents were out and she had a she had a free house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and class. to top it off, Trey Lance then put up more points in one half than Jimmy G has all season. So incredible. that's uh, well in one game. That was, uh, yeah, incredibly funny, um, but not surprising. Um, in fact, when you look back, only seven times in Jimmy G's 35 starts for the Niners has he scored more points than Trey Lance did in that one half. Wow. So, yeah. So, um, so it happened. Jimmy G miraculously hurt his calf sometime in the first half with the with the Niners offense spluttering, uh, scoring just seven points on the Seahawks team that's been that struggled on defense through the first three games of the season. Um, and then early indication is that he's out a couple of weeks, which is funny that it ties in with the 49ers bye week um, very nicely. So is this a nice way of saying Trey Lance's time has come maybe a little sooner than expected. Um, I suspected the bye week was penciled in for Trey Lance's start, but um, with the Niners now falling to last place in the NFC West, Shanahan knows that he had to do something. Yeah. And just looking at Jimmy G's stats, he's he ranked dead last in NFL in, in deep ball passer rating, completing just three deep passes for a rating of just 35.1, which is pretty shocking. Um <laughs> So enter Trey Lance, who's already shown that he can. He has that big arm. He can throw the deep ball. Um, and at the minute, everything that Trey Lance touches just turns to gold right now. He threw a touchdown on his first NFL pass in week one. He threw two touchdowns from just nine completions on Sunday, a ridiculous rate. Um, but what I'm most excited about is, is them seven rushes for 41 yards. Um, that's what separates him from being a safe floor quarterback to a to a really a high ceiling quarterback in fantasy. Um, so I've just been waiting for this day. I thought it was going to be after the week six bye, but here yeah. we are. And 
and I think the price for Lance has just increased once again. Um, luckily, I already own own him in several spots. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. I've been talking about him quite a lot. And to be honest, if if I could increase it further, I'd certainly try. Um, I'd certainly be reaching out for at least offering two first right now. I'd I'd even stretch offering three first for for Lance. Um, I'm certainly someone that's prepared to live or die on the the Trey Lance Hill. So. I've got a bit of a fun question for you, Kev. Um, I know it's extremely early days with with Lance and we haven't seen him start a proper game yet, but if the season was to end right now, where do you think Trey Lance would be drafted in Superflex startups? Yeah, I'll first off just start by saying um, anybody that's not been onto our Twitter page at Fantasy Wildcard, check it out and you'll see at the top there's the words <laughs> Trey Lance and then there's the uh, heart eyes emoji. So um, we're all big fans of... Trey Lancey at the wild card. Um, but uh, to your question, no offense to Jimmy G, he's 26 and 10 as a starter. Um, he's got a career QB rating of 98.7 and he's handsome as hell. But this is a move that was needed for the 49ers injury or not. He's the definition of a system QB. He needs that strong run game, the off small line, and elite defense to crush it. And like I touched upon, the 49ers aren't that for him this year. They're in the toughest division in football. And there's literally zero chance of him winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy G as QB this year. Uh, and like I said, Lance is the X Factor. His ceiling's enormous. Um, technically, he might not be as polished as a passer, but he gives you more ways to win and he gives you a fighting chance to make it out of that division into the playoffs. Um, he's extremely raw. And like you, I do think it's sooner than I expected. Um, but in Dynasty, I'm not too fussed when he does start or if he ends up being a starter all year. I think anybody drafting him, um, would be naive to expect major contributions to their dynasty team in year one. And even if Lance is a booty call, it's just nice to know that your weapon works and it looks promising for the future. So um, I don't think a lot's changed for me on Lance. Before the season, it was my, it was my dynasty QB 11. I'm tempted to move him up one spot and swap him with Fields just because Matt Nagy, absolute case. And Alan Robinson is on the side of a milk carton right now. He's gone missing. Um, I'd be comfortable taking Lance at the start of round two in startups, paired him with a guy like Russell Wilson. Um, like you, I know the Lance crowd is a pretty rowdy one. Um, I don't think you're getting him for less than three firsts. I'm not convinced that gets it done either in some circumstances. And I, I do think your best bet is that he plays against the Cardinals and does stink it up. Um, and then the 49ers go back to Jimmy G after the bye. But I just can't see that happening. I think that matchup next week is already penciled in as my game of the week. Um, I think Lance as well, it's, it's bringing new opportunities to this offense. Um, just want to get your thoughts on the offense. Oh, obviously, Debo's been a pleasant surprise being the wide receiver free overall. Do you think that he'll continue to crush it? Or is the other guys that you'd expect to stand out now that Lance is going to get an extended run guys like Ayuk and Kittle maybe brings a bit of life back into them well I certainly hope so just I was so excited to hold all my Brandon Ayuk shares going into the season and I'm just miffed like, like everybody else really that it's just been it's been ghosted I, yeah. I don't know what he's what he's done to Shanahan to upset him uh but I, I I certainly hope so but from Debo's point of view I think both of Lance's touchdowns went to Debo um so he's going to continue to smash it. He's he's been absolutely brilliant this season. We all saw it coming. <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh, I just think it elevates the whole offense. Jimmy G wasn't throwing the deep ball, so they're much easier to defend against. Trey Lance comes in with his rushing ability, but also his big arm. All right, he's maybe not the most accurate passer at the minute, but he just opens up that offense, and I think they're going to be they're going to be purring again. They're certainly going to get Kittle going again. I think. And you just got to hope that Brandon Ayuk suddenly he does get a role again because he was absolutely brilliant last year. And uh, we don't know what's happened this year. But yeah. what about you, Kev? Do you think he's going to open up the, the offence some? I think it could be a tricky short term. I think what Lance gives you fantasy-wise is um, a lot of running. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to give you the big play. But I think playing a lot of PPR leagues, um, it's going to be tricky for guys to have that value i think it could be a dip short term um for for all, all the all the 49ers wide receivers tight ends but the flip side is you look at the matchups um a lot of us play on sleeper nowadays you look at the sleeper profile for debo or Ayuk, it's just a sea of green for the next 
10 mm-hmm. weeks it's it's absolutely juicy so um i'd still be happy going after Ayuk. i think he's a good player i think there's something not right currently but we're not playing redraft we're playing dynasty um one guy i actually feel sorry for is matt because he actually fancied debo to do better than i this season so he can't even victory like that tonight so um <laughs> unlucky on that matt but a great shout to to pick out debo as as a guy he liked as the sam fans wide receiver one actually which mm-hmm. i can't believe he called that <laughs> He must have known something we didn't because <laughs> the whole community was <laughs> heavily on on Ayuk um, and Kittle as well. He's not been half what we expected him to be. So I, I agree that it's going to be a bit erratic to start with. Uh, the Cardinals play tough. It's going to be, he could have a bad game this week and open up a, a little opportunity to to buy. But um, but certainly, as you mentioned, they've got some really good matchups coming down the next few weeks. So. So we'll be really interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, I think if you're wanting to go after a guy like Debo or Ayuk, it's probably not the time now because there's all this buzz around Lance and everyone's mm-hmm. excited for the Niners. It's probably best to give it four or five weeks and see see what happens. Um, like I said, I think it will be a struggle short-term for the past volume, but long-term, I'm still still happy with guys like Kittle and Ayuk and surprised by Debo and that's yeah. that's probably something where I've got to move Debo up. Um, maybe even Ivan DJ Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another guy that I'll be moving up, or uh, he's definitely moved up in my rankings since preseason, is uh, Taylor Heineke, QB of Washington. Um, I know that he looked into his starting job with the week one injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick, however. There's a section of Twitter on a Dynasty Island that believed Henneke would get the shot at a starting job this season. I hope you enjoyed the hint there. Um, <laughs> just based on the fact that Fitzmagic can be erratic at times and is, is liable to get benched for, for his play, but we'll never know if that's the case. What I do know is Henneke's playing great in the main and he's proven to be very solid from a fantasy point of view. In his free starts, he's averaging 23.1 fantasy points a game, which is good for QB5 on the season. Um, he has made the most of his cake matchup against the Falcons this week, but he also went north for 20 points against tough defences of the Giants and Bills. And he's now 2-1 and one as a starter this season. He's definitely got, he's going to be starting up to the week nine bye, and then Fitzpatrick should be healthy to return from his hip injury. And it is looking like a tricky run of games coming up. He's got underdog games against the Chiefs and Packers sandwiched between two tough defences of the Saints and Broncos. Honestly, though, I think if he gets to the bye week with Washington at 4-4, four and four, he's done a great job. And I think a QB controversy storm could be brewing. Uh, we all know that QB depth is really important in Superflex leagues, especially in a situation like Henneke where the starter is assumed to be 39-year-old on a one-year deal coming off a significant injury. So with all that in mind, Ali, do you think Henneke keeps his starting job when Fitz is back healthy? And where are you on him and his second-round price tag in Dynasty right now? Well, when we talk about Taylor Heineke, you've got to look at his stats from this this season. And just mentioned he's, he's the quarterback fifteen through four games. Um, so I certainly didn't I didn't see that coming. Well, I say that he nearly knocked the Buccaneers out of the the playoffs <laughs> last season. He was he was phenomenal, but obviously that was for one game. Um, he really showed his ability in the run game and also the passing. And he's been showing it again this season. So if if you're a win now team and you're a quarterback short or you've got an injury then I would give up a second for Heineke but any other scenario I think is it's going to be a no for me um Heineke unlike Fitzpatrick is he's on a two-year contract which might count for something but it is it is a a backup contract It's, it's really quite small so he's signed to be the backup so there's there's really no guarantees at all right now with with either of these quarterbacks futures if you were pushing me for an answer on whether he keeps the job, and I think you probably are, then I would, I'd say he's got to keep the job. Oof, if he, go on. If, if he carries on performing well and the the Washington Football Club are, are still in playoff contention, um, I can't see how they're going to give it back to Fitzmagic after, after a pretty bad injury. Um, yeah. He's playing some great football. He's linking up with their top wide out, Terry McLaurin. 
Uh, for me, I just wish he got Antonio Gibson involved more. I can't stress it enough how frustrated I am. But but for sure, um, Heineke's absolutely balling out. I love, you love to see it because yeah. he plays with passion. I quite like the Washington team. I think it's Ron Rivera that I like to root for. And um, Yeah, how are you on the uh, the second round price tag? And do you think that they give it back to, to Fitz? I really like that second round price tag. You know, I think there's a couple of leagues where I've got Fitzpatrick as my QB three. And I'm thinking when we get into these bye weeks, I need to come up with some sort of solution at QB. And I think that's a way to sort of protect myself by going after him, paying a second. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed I'm going to have a starter for this season. Yeah. Um, especially on a, on a contending team where you need to win every week. You can't afford to be sticking a, a wide receiver in your super flex spot. So I really like the price tag. I, I'd be happy paying a second mm-hmm. for him. Um, mm-hmm. We know that most starting QBs cost the first, but I guess the fact that he's technically not a starting QB yet do, does mean that you, you can get him for less than that. And I actually really like his swagger. I know on the one of the touchdowns to McLaurin this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, he threw the pass. I think he got hit and he was on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. He got a bit lucky, actually, because it was underthrown and... The DB was all over the place, um, and and he just like started nodding his head like he meant it, and <laughs> you got to love that confidence. It's uh, it's maybe something he's got from spending a lot of time with uh, Fitz Magic, but but yeah, really really like the guy, and it, it just shows that the importance of rostering backup QBs in in your superflex leagues. If you've got a deep bench, it's pointless having fifty wide receivers on your bench. You're better off taking guys having guys like backup QBs on there or a lot of running backs over wide receivers, which are readily available on the, uh, on the waiver wire. Yes. It is interesting that you say second round pick and immediately you think, well, second round pick, I don't want to give up second round pick, but you just look back to this, this season that was supposed to be heavily, you know, heavy top heavy in the draft. If you got past the the middle of the second round, it was, it was murky, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And, they anything past the middle of the second was a dart throw for me. So if you're giving up a second and you're a contender, you're really not giving up that much potentially uh, for a p- potential starting quarterback. So it's probably worth the risk. Indeed. So we'll move on to the next guy. And I know uh, I know your feelings on this guy. And I wonder if he's <laughs> still a guy you're willing to take the risk on, Ali. Uh, yeah, it is actually. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Kenny Gainwell. Um, Nice. Just carrying on, carrying on my theme of talking about players that I'm in love with. <laughs> Certainly was pre-draft. It brings me on to Kenny G, and and no, we're not talking about superstar Kenny Gulladay. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> it's the Kenny G that I was in love with pre-draft. Um, would have been, I would have been absolutely shouting from the rooftops had he got day one or day two draft capital, but obviously it, it didn't happen. I was absolutely gutted when he fell to your Eagles. Yeah. Grabbed him in the fifth round, 150th pick overall. I just I just thought it was a bit of a fantasy death sentence. Um, but s- slowly and surely, uh, Gamewell's been used more as a receiving back, which is exactly how you want to see him utilised, sort of a Austin Eckler light, if you are. Um, mm. And for, Gamewell, for me, is slowly becoming a little a PPR value play in lineups, uh, especially he's out on this week. He eclipsed Miles Sanders, who's continued to disappoint. Um for a third straight week, uh, Gamewell had eight targets, six receptions for 58 yards, as well as rushing three times for 31 on the ground and a score. So that was impressive. Miles Sanders just didn't look at it. Um, so this is someone that you could have taken in the, the very back of the second round in rookie draft, sometimes in the third round. It's looked yeah. a lot of pretty good value right now. Um, I hadn't anticipated letting him anywhere near my starting lineup so far, but he certainly gives me something to think about in especially some of my deeper leagues. Uh, perhaps if injuries hit, is someone that you can afford to pop in there and he's, he's got a bit more of a safer floor than he had maybe week one. Uh, so my question to you, Kev, being a, an Eagles fan, you're probably best to answer this, but Gamewell has outscored Sanders so far this season. So is he a buy target for you in Dynasty? Yeah, I guess like you, we were both eye on the real super Kenny G. We both had him as our <laughs> pre-draft running back four. But as you say, that day three draft capital, it crushed his value. 
Um, in my eyes, he was the best PR receiving back from this year's class, which is pretty impressive uh, over a guy that caught 14 passes in a game last week in Najee Harris. Um, I think Gamewell is in a good position to see action. The Eagles are a bad team and the figures we're playing from behind a ton and passing a lot. I mean, it's clear to see as well that Coach Sirianni is bringing that Colts philosophy over to the Eagles with Gamewell playing the Naeem Hines role and Shorty winding up many a Miles Sanders owner. But <laughs> speaking of Sanders, I think pathetic usage by the Eagles within this year. He's a borderline running back three currently. Uh, love his talent, but he's being wasted right now. But that's that's something that's really benefiting Gamewell. Um, he's having the odd decent week. It's, it's just going to be really hard to predict him. He's the type of guy that finishes the eras uh, with running back three numbers, but you start in the two weeks where he kills one out. So he's actually <laughs> running back 24 on the year so far. But I just think on the base of him being a complimentary player, one that's got a receiving role, that's got day three draft capital. He's not someone that I'd personally be going after in dynasty. I think the sort of deals I'd look to do is, um, have Gainwell plus for a guy like Javante Williams, who's sure to break out soon. Or if you're looking for higher upside, maybe go after a, a handcuff type guy that's that's young and got potential to be a bell cow in the future. Guys like Alexander Madison and AJ Dillon, if you are really looking to to shoot the moon and you know you're not going to use Gainwell at all in your flex this year. Um, just coming back to Sanders, what what's your thoughts and feelings on him? I know you're a big Gainwell fan if you've got Sanders is he getting to the point where you're potentially benching him for until he shows something until the Eagles show something I know we've got a terrible runner fixtures coming up it's just really hard to trust right now no he is just oh he's so frustrating I do have him in quite a few places unfortunately and he's just been it's just been pesky right now it's someone that I feel like I have to start but it's just disappointing week in week out um I certainly, I wouldn't be putting Gainwell ahead of him in my starting lineup at the minute, but it's not too, it's not too far off to be honest. Uh, I really don't know what to do with Sanders because if you get, if you try and trade him away, or you're just going to get a low ball offer. There's, there's not, yeah. it's certainly not worth it. So it's someone that I'm just going to hold, probably continue to start, continue to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> I, I certainly, I absolutely love the shout for Javante Williams. He's it's probably my my biggest dynasty buy target right now because yeah. I think he's just waiting to explode. If if they could just see that he's much superior running back than uh, the Melvin Gordon right now, I think he he could absolutely explode in that offense. Um, and his value is going to skyrocket when he starts to see a, a better than 50-50 timeshare with with Gordon that he's seeing at the minute. Um, that's certainly the the biggest target. And if you could. If you could deal Gainwell right now while his his value's on the rise and yeah, move up to Javante, I think that's a fantastic deal. Yeah, I, I mean, you you were in red zone at the weekend. He, he had a run to Javante. It looked like a pulling. Oh. It looked like a pulling a sled, didn't it? <laughs> like it just absolutely beasted it. It was dragging guys for for many yards. So <laughs> yeah, just so hopefully the the guy you're going after uh, Javante, he doesn't watch too much. Red zone. <laughs> but how how are you on on Sanders at the minute? I, have you got him rostered in many places, and are you looking to to move him on, hold him, or are you still starting him like I am? Unfortunately, it's pretty funny actually. Obviously, you know I'm an Eagles fan, um, but I have very little Eagles on on my dynasty <laughs> rosters. Um, I've not got Sanders anywhere to be honest. I I just feel like. I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of question marks still. I think the talent is there, but like last season and, and the coaching this season, it's it's not really got me excited. I'm I'm kind of I don't know if you can tell in in our podcast, but I'm pretty low on the Eagles as a as a franchise. So <laughs> I yeah, thought you I'm, were Jalen Hurts' <laughs> biggest fan, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably how you feel about Sanders is how I feel about. Clyde Edward Delaire. I've got a lot of Edward Delaire and hmm. you can't move him at this stage. It's it's really tough. Even after a few big weeks, I don't imagine people are running to knock down my door. So yeah, it's it's one of those just got to hold and hope that he goes on a run and just takes a hold of his backfield. A little bit like Jonathan Taylor did under Sirianna's offense last season, but 
yeah, I'm not hopeful for the short term. Maybe if we get Joe Flacco in at QB, we might have to uh, get Sanders involved a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, we're pretty, pretty low on Sanders overall then. Uh, leads us into the next player quite well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is another guy that's... I mean, he's got a big reputation, but he's he's not started the season as great as, as, as we hoped. And some of it is kind of predicted based on a, a change his QB position last season. It's Alvin Kamara I'm going to talk about. We we spoke about three guys positively to begin the show. So I thought it's important to bring a bit of shade now to um, a guy that was fantastic in the fancy player flash year. He won me a ship on Christmas Day, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, Super Camario, as some call him, registering his first zero target game of his career this weekend. So, um, absolutely abysmal usage in the past game against the Giants. Uh, but to be honest, it's been poor all season. He's usually good for 100 targets, 80 catches, but he's nowhere near that pace this year. Plus, you've got Taysom Mill coming in, nicking a few touchdowns on the ground. There's literally only two people who've started Taysom Mill this week, and that's his mum and our good friend Matt. Um <laughs> Speaking of on the ground, Kamara, he's had three games over 20 rushes this year. In the rest of his five-year career, he's had one. Wow. So I think it's been terrible usage from Peyton. It's not what you want from a fantasy perspective. Um, Kamara's a guy that needs to be fed in the pass game and looked after in the run game. Um, he's 26 now. He's, he's not getting that usage. He's been overutilised in the run game. Um, bit of a positive note that he has got his uh, get-right game against Washington, who made... Cordero Patterson look like prime Marshall Falk this week, but overall it's a pretty tense time to be a Kamara owner. So I just want to know how worried you are about Kamara and what sort of deal would you look to do, depending on if you're actively going after him or looking to move off him. Yeah, personally, I'm pissed off if I'm an owner. Um, <laughs> just with the usage, it's just all wrong. Um, I'm not too concerned, not yet anyway. Uh, the number of carries is 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 surprisingly good. Career high in carries last week, twenty six. But I'd love it to be split evenly with with targets and carries. But it's just not the case. But as you mentioned, it is that it is those targets through four games last season. He'd already seen thirty five targets, but this season so far he's seen just fourteen, which is two and a half times less. It's crazy. Um, it's through four games. Jameis Winston, yeah, the same Jameis Winston this, that threw for f- over 5,000 yards in a single season with the Bucks has <laughs> attempted just 86 passes. <laughs> oh, which my God. He once attempted 58 passes in a single game for the Buccaneers. So <laughs> it is ridiculous how much they're limiting him. Um, so Sean Payton is just not letting him unleash, and it's it's just making me really sad, to be honest. So I'm, I'm begging you, Sean, just... Just free, free Jameis. <laughs> we all want to see Jameis slinging the ball, slinging five touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, so, to, going back to Kamara, maybe here's an idea, Sean. How about give your best offensive weapon some targets and just just see if that'll work? But <laughs> no, well, if you don't do that, then you deserve to lose to the to the Giants. Then I uh, thought that was quite a, a funny result. Um, but yeah, just going back to, would I be interested in? acquiring Kamara right now I I actually would be um obviously unless I'm a rebuilding team that I wouldn't be I'd I'd probably uh offer up Derek Henry straight up um yeah if I was if I was contending I, I'd then offer up a couple of first round picks that sort of that sort of area um but what's your take on Kamara right now is he going back to last show is he a, a snog marry or a void <laughs> yeah it's an interesting one I think I think if you went back to last season, he had a bit of a spell when Breeze was injured and was messing about with Taysom at QB and his usage really dropped then and everybody was panicking and selling. And um, for the owners that sort of kept the faith and stuck with him, they were rewarded massively with that, that six touchdown game on Christmas. So I'd be I'd be tempted to go after him and uh, mm-hmm. look to climb. Is that Murray? <laughs> um, I just think... Yeah. His his values getting low. He's he's around. He's twenty six years old. So we know that dynasty players tend to get a little bit scared around that number. But I think the if he does get back to that usage in the past game, where he's going to be protected a bit more, that 
there's reason to believe that he, he can be around that top another couple of years. I don't think he's a an old 26 years old, like, a, let's say, a Derek Henry type guy. That Well, obviously, Henry's a little bit older, but he's not took a, a beating as such due to, mm. due to our use. So I'd be happy going after Kamara, you know. Um, maybe that's me being a little bit biased because I've got him on a contending team and I want him to be good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think two firsts, it's... It's worth a gamble if you know that if you've got like if you're one running back away from really really contending, he's an ideal guy that you can go after and feel pretty comfortable that he'll stand out. And plus, you've got to think it might actually do him good when Michael Thomas comes back. Mm-hmm. It, it, it might take a bit of attention off him. Maybe that's the reason why he's not being used as much in the past game. Maybe he's just getting bracketed all over the field. I'm not a film grinder, so I don't know that, but. Um, but yeah, an interesting one. It, I just it just feels weird that he's doing a lot more rushing than receiving. Who would have thought Latavius Murray was so important? I know it's crazy, isn't it? But <laughs> it's it's a disappointing one. And uh, the backup was he Tony Tony Jones? Is it Tony Jones? He's, he got he got carted off, didn't he, in that last game? So yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what his usage is going forward. But yeah, just pl- please just give him give him a few more targets. Come on. Uh, it's just crazy. It's like your best player. You still not got Michael Thomas for a few weeks. Just, just feeding the ball. And when they did it last year, they were winning games. So, yeah, it's bizarre from a Buccaneers point of view. I hope they don't. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs> they continue to struggle. But yeah, just, just crazy. Indeed, I know we mentioned Latavius Murray there, who he's now on the Ravens, and we're gonna we're gonna stick with the Ravens actually and talk about your next guy who who stood out to you this week, but also all season. It is. It's certainly someone that I didn't expect to be talking about as a consistent fantasy producer, but we have to talk about Marquise Hollywood-Brown at the minute. Um, it's crazy. He's, he's sitting just outside wide receiver one territory. Um, I have to admit, I certainly got this one wrong so far. The the big play specialist has spent much of his young career being in and out of my fantasy teams, just been really difficult to trust. But it turns out it, sh- it shouldn't have been too surprising this season. So from weeks 12 to 17 last season, Brown produced a stretch of double-digit fantasy points every single week. Um, and he's continued that solid level of production through the first four games of the season. Um, three games with touchdowns, averaging over 81 yards a game as well, which is good. The one game that he didn't score a touchdown on against the Lions, it was ridiculous how he didn't score a touchdown because... Yeah. He could have had an absolutely monstrous day had he not dropped every single long pass that came his way. He could have, he could have easily had a day with over 150 yards and a couple of couple of scores. It was it was ridiculous. So uh, you just see this past week he scored another amazing long touchdown grab yeah. against that tough Denver defense. Um, he had four receptions for for 91 yards. So he's now he's now easily someone that I want to start each week. He's shown a relatively safe floor um and he's always got that that high ceiling um obviously they they don't have a high pass volume offense so brown's going to need to be efficient going forward uh, to keep up this fast start and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with rashad bateman now when he comes back healthy and he how does he fit into the mix obviously first round pick they're going to want to get him involved um but obviously Lamar doesn't have to he doesn't sling it much unless he has to. So just be interesting to see how the dynamic works between these two. So my question to you, Kev, is who would you rather own in Dynasty right now? Would it be Hollywood Brown or would it be Rashad Bateman? It's a great question, Ali. I think I've never really been in on Hollywood either. Um it's strangely been that low catch, um, low catch percentage deep threat guy with lower than expected yards per catch which is just a strange combination. The fact that he's been under 13 and a half yards per reception in his first two seasons in the league, despite being what we'd class as a deep threat as such. Um, he's got that first round draft pedigree. He's definitely took a step forward this off season. Maybe it's been due to the file it under him with the Ravens drafting a fellow first rounder in Bateman. Uh, one thing I will say about Brown is he's extremely fun to watch. He's one of those players that amazes you one week and then it's got you pulling out <laughs> yeah. your air the next. So, um, really interesting question in terms of dynasty, especially after the hot start from Brown. I know a lot of shrewd people in the community, they really like Bateman and 
love his talent and they really make it important to not fade the situation, uh, fading based on the situation. But I can't overlook the overall Ravens pass volume under Lamar. So I'm going to say I'd rather have none of them in Dynasty if I can. Um, <laughs> Lamar, he averages about 30 pass attempts a game. I think when both are healthy, it's just going to cap each other. I mean, if both are getting a 20% target share, it's six targets a game, which is nothing. Um, I'd take my chance on chasing volume at a position like wide receiver. Yes, we know that targets are earned through talent, but in a scheme like Baltimore, you've got to be so efficient to to smash it in fantasy. But not to be a total ass, if I had to pick one, I would <laughs> lean Bateman. Um, just because he's got the draft capital more recently and he's got that better overall profile to be um, an alpha in my eyes in Hollywood. So um, it's, a, it's a great question. I think it, it poses the... The thought process, could you move off Hollywood Brown for Bateman straight up? And is that something you do if you're currently rostering Hollywood? Yeah, I certainly think that you could you could move Hollywood for, for Bateman straight up. Um I think it's probably a really good time to be to be dealing Hollywood Brown with, with Bateman coming back. Um again, is it something that I'd look to do? Again, a bit like you, Kev. I've called Baltimore the wide receiver graveyard, and it's for me, it's 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 that, and it's it's the Patriots backfield that I try and avoid in dynasty. So I'd be moving off these completely, but I do still have Bateman just ahead of Hollywood in in my dynasty ranking. So I'd put I'd put my uh, put well, I wouldn't put my house on it for sure, but I, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would um, I'd go with Bateman and just uh, just gamble on it, on him being a an alpha wide receiver. We certainly were high in, in pre-draft process. Um, we didn't really like the landing spot, but but let's just see what what comes of it. Um, I'm excited to see Bateman come back. Um, yeah. But but yeah, just I would definitely avoid in uh, in dynasty anyone from the the Ravens wide receiver core. Yeah, just got a direct message from T Strack. He says that he hates us. <laughs> um, obviously, he's a big Ravens fan, so. Um, so yeah, he's, he's he's not best pleased about that slander of the uh, of the graveyard getting brought up again. The uh, <laughs> cue the uh, cue cue the uh, Ghana funeral meme uh, <laughs> <laughs> hanging on the coffin. Um, <laughs> we've we've not been too nice about Mark Andrews either this Indeed. this off season. So sorry, Tom. <laughs> Indeed. And speaking of sort of a. A funeral and sad news that we got some sad news on <laughs> Thursday night football that my apparent wide receiver push DJ Chad, he fractured his ankle, he's, he's looking to be out for the season, but that really, it really shone a spotlight on a guy I want to talk about now, LaVisca Chanel, I think, as one door closes for DJ Chark, another one was booted wide open with uh, Chanel, who before week four, he had a really slow start to year after plenty of off-season hype. This week, it was a clear alpha, seven targets, 99 yards. It's his biggest output of his NFL career. And we've just got to remember he's a sophomore guy. He's only 23 years old. I love the fact that not only is he tied to a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence, but he's also a versatile weapon. Uh, he's used in the run game as well, giving him game script proof ability. And in the short term, the Jags lost Travis Etienne to AR and figured to pass a ton whilst trailing for the majority of the season. So, in a way, it's all coming together nicely for LaVisca. It's nice to see a breakout, but it also uh, was good that it wasn't an excessive breakout where he's dropped 40 points because his value is going to be um, rising, but not too heavily. So, it'll be interesting to see what his value is across leagues currently. Obviously, the wide receiver sees plentiful with various options, but... I reckon he's likely a guy that's valued somewhere between that first and second round pick. So longer term, I really like Chanel and Dynasty still. I think there was a bit of pause after the first three games of the season, but after Thursday night football, I'm as happy as Urban Meyer in a Columbus bar. So um, keeping it on a kinky theme, I just want to know what level of aggressiveness you're going after acquiring LaVisca and what you've paid to, to get him. Uh, so, yeah, just I thought you were going to be sad. <laughs> talking about your guy DJ Chat likely out for the season, <laughs> uh, but to be honest, I've I've already been at the aggressive stage of acquiring Lavisca, probably overpaying in the off end, uh, in the off season. Sorry, when his price was still still fairly high, it's obviously dropped now with his slow starts. But um, 
but now I'm at the nap stage. I'm just watching everybody else scramble for the shares. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been high on Lavisca from from day one. He was actually my wildcard pick on my very first show with you guys. So <laughs> he was he was someone that I said would increase his dynasty value this year. So I'm hoping to that we are starting to see this slowly become a reality. Um, so I'd personally still be on the buy side for sure. Um, Still not seeing the Jags use LaVisca to the best of his abilities. Um, in terms of what I'd pay, I'm not a fan of trading picks away right now with not completely knowing exactly where they're likely to be, whether they're going to be early or, or late round picks. So I'd prefer to offer up someone like a veteran who's overachieving right now in exchange for Chenault, someone like a Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen or or Marquis Hollywood Brown who we just mentioned. Someone like that, I'd... I'd love He's got to. Amma, Amma twice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, someone that I'm. Um, I'm always looking to sell guys high, and those are certainly performing well, maybe more than we expected. So I'd look to to move off them and and get on the Lavisca hype. Um, so yeah, from from rebuilding, I'd love to swap these guys for Lavisca, and you might even get something on top too if you're trading them to a to a contender. So same question to you, Kev. Really, what? Are you looking to to acquire Lavisca right now? And if if you are, what would you be prepared to pay? Honestly, I think I'm in a similar sort of similar sort of mode to you, where I've got quite a bit of Chanel already. Um, I was feeling pretty down about myself after the first few weeks, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's come good. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to to go after him. I think personally, I, I do see Alpha in his range of outcomes still. I think. He can be the number one guy. I know a lot of folk were predicting Marvin Jones would be the main man this season and maybe next year Chenault would sort of step up. But I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, now that uh, Jack's out of the picture, I'm really intrigued to see if 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 sort of the the extra targets do go his way. Um, very excited yeah. for the future, though, no doubt. I think you've nailed it with... Um... His value's between that first and second round where I wouldn't be happy paying a first for him, but I would be happy paying a second, but a second's yeah. not really going to get it done right now. So, uh, yeah, Hollywood Brown, sorry, mate, but you're being traded <laughs> for LaVisca right now. <laughs> oh, quality. So um, that, that brings us to the end of that section. We're now going to move on to our weekly wildcard waivers where we'll each highlight a guy that you should be looking to add from waivers in your dynasty leagues. Uh, so we'll kick off with you, Ali. I've got an interesting guy that flashed a little bit this week. I have, yeah. And I, it's a guy that I don't really like, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols from the Tennessee Titans. Um, it's a guy that my Buccaneers actually drafted in 2017. I remember getting quite excited. It was a fifth-round pick, but there was a lot of buzz coming out that it was a good pick. Um, I mean, we've just got a really great history of drafting running backs full stop. Um, but he come in, he thought he was the bee's knees. He fumbled. He was he was just terrible. He never made the team. And we, we were terrible back in 2017. And he didn't even make the team then. So it just shows how bad he was. But yeah. but he's always had he's always had a talent. Um, but he just he didn't want to learn. But either way, he's found himself a lovely niche spot. Um being the the pass catching back for the Titans, we were both us three were all high on Darrington Evans, who's currently on IR. But McNichols seems to have stepped up nicely, and he's produced a a nice fantasy out. And so far, with especially with top wideouts AJ Brown and and Julio Jones, they ruled out the weekend. McNichols saw a whopping twelve targets, which I think was wow. the se second highest out of, out of running backs yeah. this week. It's crazy catching eight of them for 74 yards so just shows what he's capable of and if if Julio or Brown was to miss any more time then McNichols for sure can continue to see some opportunities and Sleeper has him currently only rostered in four percent of leagues so he can certainly be picked up nice and cheap this week um, but definitely probably only for a target in in deeper leagues and and PPR leagues for that. Yeah I um, I picked him up couple of weeks back and started him in a league I'm trying to lose in so that was a crack, <laughs> cracking effort from me this week luckily I still did lose in that league so uh, very fortunate that Henry Ruggs didn't go off um, but absolutely gutted his showing out after 
touting Darrington Evans as a sneaky player this off season. It's it's what what could have been, I guess. Um, but total agreement with him that he needs to be rostered. He's the running back five overall in targets. Um, I still think Henry's wheels could fall off any time now. Um, I don't think that Nichols is an ideal flex option, but he's someone that you can definitely throw in your lineup as a dart throw and in an absolute crisis, he's going to give you some points, it's looking like. Um, he's um, an interesting guy indeed, especially if something does happen to Derek Henry. I wonder if he could be more than just a receiving back. Well, you never know. He's, I mean, he looked he looked good this week, albeit it was against the Jets. In a, in a losing effort, we'll just mention that the Jets are not winless anymore. But uh, but yeah, it's it's someone certainly someone exciting to to pick up for cheap. Um, Darrington Evans, I think he can return in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll we'll see how it shapes out. Indeed, and we're going to keep the theme on uh, waivers at the running back position. I'm highlighting Khalil Herbert. So. Um, it's still early on, early on in the week, and we do need a bit more information after the leg injury to start him running back of the Bears, David Montgomery. It's rumoured to be a four- to six-week injury, but I think Herbert needs to be someone that's on your radar and definitely added in deep leagues. He was a sixth-round pick of the Bears this off-season. He looked pretty good in pre-season action, solid on the ground, capable through the air. And The Bears also just traded for Jakeem Grant, who will take Herbert's role on special teams, meaning... He's now got a clear pathway to back up Damian Williams in a full-time capacity. And it's fair to say that the injury to Montgomery, it's the clear beneficiary is Williams, who was one of my favourite targets this off-season. But as a 29-year-old running back, he's, he's never been a workhorse. He's never gone over 150 touches in a year. So there's definitely going to be an opportunity for Herbert to contribute. I'm not saying he's a league winner, but I do think with a murky situation regarding Tariq Cohen on the Bears, I think there's a chance for him to lay down a marker and stick around with the Bears. So I see him as an ideal taxi squad player, one to monitor and someone who you can get for free in your dynasty leagues. Yeah, I think uh, Damian Williams is clearly going to be the number one waiver target this week. Uh, I think people are going to be blowing far too much fab on him. Um, I think he did pick up a, a knock at the weekend. He's rumoured yeah. to be okay, but it's not, not for certain. Um so instead, Herbert for me is a much cheaper pickup in in deeper leagues. Uh, saw three carries already after Mon- Montgomery went down. So clearly going to see some some opportunities going forward if if Monty does miss. I think they're saying about week ten he can return. So so it'll just be interesting. They're certainly going to get some some work. Williams is not going to take all the carries and all the targets. So so yeah, it's certainly a really good cheap cheap pickup right now. Yeah, and he's sneaky in the sense that because he's a taxi squad eligible, you can stick him on there and you keep a roster spot free for mm-hmm. any other any other darts you want to throw this week. McNichols. McNichols, yes. <laughs> Do it in that order. Herbert <laughs> <laughs> first, McNichols second. Do it. Stuff. So um, that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action whilst analysing it from a dynasty perspective. So... Um, I'll throw it back to you, Ali. Any final thoughts on today's show? Yeah, just another wild week in the NFL, summed up by the Jets and the Giants both winning their first games, both in overtime. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but then we also saw some normality with Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Hill claiming their crown back as the best quarterback wide receiver duo. Um, but then we also saw the injury bug hit once again with Montgomery, Joe Mixon, Teddy B. And then Jimmy G with his ghost injury. So it's it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial to be active to the waiver wire to, to make sure you keep some startable assets on your team going forward or else you, you're truly not going to be competing. It certainly derail your your hopes if if you have a, a couple of injuries to your, especially to your runner backs. If you've got Montgomery and Mixon, then you need yeah. to be hitting the waiver wire and, and picking up some, some players you can start. Um, and we're also about a, around a quarter of the way through the season. So by now you can start to get an idea about where your team is heading. Is it is it time to move on some aging players who are doing you no good if you aren't competing the season? Um, there's starting to be some some also some really tasty trade targets appearing for me. So Carl Pitts, who some people are <laughs> concerned about, even though he's a tight end. Uh, Alan Robinson, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, people like that are certainly going to be people that I'm interested in throwing some offers over soon. 
Yeah, great shout on those guys to, to go after. I like all those three names you mentioned, so I'd give that a seal of approval as well. And yeah, just echoing what you said, four weeks in, you should have a good idea of where your teams are heading. Um, there's been players that have emerged unexpectedly, guys like Debo, Cordero Patterson, uh, Heineke <laughs> spring to mind, plus um, there's other guys who started poorly that you mentioned. I think it's really important overall to release Taylor and see the bigger picture and if, it, if you need to get off a player that you've been touting, then you, you've got to do it. I think the next eight weeks are super important for trading. It's it's a bit like a game of chicken where the price of players is only going to go up from now. So if you can strike a good deal early, then, then go for it. But the flip side is you don't have to sell too cheap too soon if you're rebuilding. The, I feel that the pressure's on for the contenders to make moves to win the title and, if anything, overpay um, the closer you get towards the playoffs. So... Um, I'll finish on one final point. I play against Josh Jacobs in my home league this week. So if history of any if history is anything to go by, he's gonna go off this week. So there's a little tip for anyone that likes to have a little bet or do a bit of DFS. Josh Jacobs, touchdown, no doubt. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> Getting rid of starting lineups. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a joke. I'm hoping to stiffen him with with that one. So um yeah, just uh stiffening like urban meyer so yeah thank you for tuning in be sure to subscribe and follow us on twitter at fantasy wildcard um, join us on our next show which will drop next tuesday the 12th of october where we'll be recapping all the key points from week five's action so thank you once again thank you ali have a good one and we'll see you again soon see ya When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.